Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your two-time PACE award-winning hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by the department spokesperson, Chris Gouts. Chris, what's going on with you? How are you today? I'm doing great. Whenever we win awards, I'm doing pretty good. So you won an award? Congratulations. Uh, I, I, well, I did not win an award. The department uh, won several awards, of which we were yeah, part of. It was a very exciting night. It was actually a fun, exciting night. Um, we won quite a few awards. Not just You didn't You didn't just win an award. No, we won, we, we won six awards. Yeah, the department yeah. won six awards. And if you count our uh, esteemed producer, Kamara Lewis, seven awards. Yeah, she won her own personal award, not even for the department. She's a, a new professional of the year. So... Um, very impressive, Kamara. Congratulations. I, I know you never you never talk on the podcast, but... And she doesn't have a microphone, And so. we just sit here and stare at her while she stares back at us. <laughs> but she refuses to be on. <laughs> we tried countless times. But you are. You're a new professional of the year. So congratulations, Kamara. We, uh, you know, we can't thank you enough for everything you do on this podcast. You make it sound, I wouldn't even say halfway decent, just, I mean, to make it sound halfway decent is better than... Yes. Think if she had two capable hosts, what yeah. she could really do with the podcast. I mean, she nationwide, not just in <laughs> yeah. Michigan, she'd be the new It'd professional of the year. Yeah. But yeah, so talk about the awards, Chris. What, let's talk about uh, what the department did. So th- these are the PACE Awards that, that are uh, hosted by and put on by the Central Michigan Public Relations Society of America. And so we were in Rio Town last week to uh, go to the awards ceremony. We knew that we were up for a couple of awards, but we took home a few a few more that we had no idea that we were going to win, which is a really cool uh, surprise. And so we won a couple for the podcast. We, we took home two awards for the podcast. We took home two awards for a, a really inspirational and great story that Holly Kramer a- in our office uh, wrote about Sadie, the uh, the dog that's uh, at the uh, mental health uh, prison at, at Woodland. So that was a great one. Uh, Kamara put together this great uh, brochure or pamphlet on the Vocational Village, which won an award. Uh, the department and thereby the director uh, had an award for the Veterans Appreciation Week, the inaugural uh, week that we put on. We won an award for that. Let's see, what else did we uh, win an award Let's for? get back to our podcast award, Chris. Talk yeah. more about this, please. Yeah. <laughs> Just so, joking. No, but, but, but it is true. I do want to mention this because uh, the, the uh, Pace Awards put out a press release where they talked about all of the, the, the big award winners uh, from that night to, to send out to everybody to see you know, what happened to this. And, and these are huge PR firms. I mean, these are, these are pretty yeah. big local so PR is, firms. So this is really cool. So <clears throat> the, the, they chose to highlight the, the top awards of the night, even though there were you know, hundreds probably of awards that, that went out for all different categories and, and tactics and campaigns and things like that. So they lay, lead off with the press release with the best of show, which is the, the goes to the campaign entry with the highest overall ranking uh, by the, the, the judges that put it together, and that went to us for the podcast. So we won best in show, the, the top award of the night goes to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Then they had the uh, People's Choice Awards uh, winners, which we won both of them last year, which is really cool. So this is where people that go to the event, they, they see all of the different entries up there, and everybody that's there in, in attendance uh, votes on which ones they think are, are the best. And this year, uh, Holly uh, won for her story on CD, which I had just mentioned, and she actually tied uh, for, for that honor with Martin Waymar, which is one of the, the two biggest PR firms uh, in this region. So to be uh, amongst their company, and we saw how many awards they won last year and, and, and this, this year, year and, and every year, uh, to be among them is really cool. So then they give out the, the pacemaker of the year, so the top PR professional in the area. And that went to Josh uh, Hovey at Truscott Rossman, which is the other uh, huge PR firm in town. So they won, so they got that. Then we go to the New Professionals Award, uh, which went to Kamara, so Michigan Department of Corrections again. So, so by my count, we're, we're 
So far leading, right? <laughs> well, well, we're, we're kind of tied. But <laughs> but when you think about it, when you look at Truscott Rossman, Martin Waymire, and Department of Corrections, mm-hmm. those three entities are typically never put together in the same arena. In, and we, in awards. We, we should never <laughs> compete with them for, for anything. So it was an incredible honor. It's a real testament to all the work that Holly and Kamara and, you know, we'll say Noah uh, for creating sure. the podcast sure. and you for putting that all together. And then me for just tagging along and picking up all the awards and afterwards. <laughs> You're so, great at carrying awards now, Chris. <laughs> I'm, I'm great at collecting them, not so right. much at earning them. So, but uh, but that's that's a cool way to do it too. But no, it was a great night for, for everyone involved. Thanks to the director for uh, her vision uh, for allowing us to do this crazy podcast mm-hmm. and to have all the different programs that she put on, like the the Veterans Week and all those kind of things that are signifying uh, our success and the Fenner success and the Volk Village, which you know we won that award for as well. So there's just a lot of really cool positive stuff going on, and we don't want to toot our own too much, but we're the only ones that are going to do it. So when you win something like sure. this, you have to and, you know, people know. <clears throat> just to say, you know, just to um, talk more about this real quick is, you know, when people came up to us at the at the award ceremony was talking about how the image of the department has changed. Like, you know, they're, they're talking about yeah, how really cool they there. have a different view of how the department is, what we do, um, and, it's, and it's it's way more positive. And that was really cool to hear just, you know, strangers come up to us and say, wow, the Department of Corrections is really doing some cool things because of ABCD, and it, it, was, it, was, it was good to hear. It was fun to hear. Yeah, so th- these, are, these are ways where we can <coughs> definitely impact, you know, the community and, and just general people who are out uh, in the world who may only pick up the paper now and then or go online or go on Facebook or Twitter and see news about corrections or about prisons, and it's usually pretty it's bad stuff. Right. So when they can hear our stories and hear the things that we're doing and they see it in a, in a different light, uh, those are the change agents in our community that go out and talk about you know what they heard and what they saw and they spread that word and so that's great for for all of our staff for people in, in the public to have a better perception of corrections overall so that's very cool to see yeah you know what time it is chris what time it, well, it's, it's about twelve forty-eight. actually it's shout out time oh, that's what time it is that's it's uh it is. it's time for a shout out and this uh this shout out comes to you courtesy of uh aru lieutenant charles lovins friend of the pod friend of the pod he's very very famous now for sending in shout outs too because he does it often and we appreciate it because because he has so many great employees well, not only that, but these aren't even his employees. A lot of these are people that he encounters every day that work for the department. Yeah, which is um, cool, too. Yeah, that, that he likes to give shout-outs to. So this shout-out goes to Carrie Rose and Steve Shabel. Carrie Rose is, a, is an employee at the Electronic, Electronic Monitoring Center, and Steve is one of his ARU investigators. So he says on March 23rd, his team was looking for a probe scounder who was on GPS tether. He says the probe was smart enough not to stay in one spot too long, so he was in a car just driving around. So we were always just one step behind him, and we had no idea what vehicle he was driving. So Steve Shabel, ARU investigator, contacted EMC to track down his GPS points. Lucky for him, Carrie Rose answered the phone and helped him out. Uh, Steve says that he expected her to run the points one time, then hang up, and uh, hopefully they could track him down. But, oh no, Chris, she did not do that. That's right. She stayed on the phone with him for over 30 minutes, constantly re- refreshing the points to get his most current, accurate um, data get him the most current accurate data of where this person was. Uh, he says eventually the points led to a really quiet neighborhood where they spotted a car that matched um, and, and a driver who matched the identification of our parolee. They followed him around for a couple miles until they could get a marked vehicle to pull him over. When they pulled him, when they pulled him over, you know who it was, right? It was him. It was the parolee. Uh, and he says without carry, this guy would not have been located. It was too difficult for us to just drive around neighborhoods, refreshing points while keeping eyes on the road. Uh, so many thanks to Carrie and EMC crew, as always. Um, cool. This is the better part here. So Steve and him met Carrie at her office uh, here in Lansing about three days later, where ARU investigator Steve Shabel presented her with an ARU coin of excellence. And he goes on to say, Don Matson 
has a top-notch crew, and he deserves a shout-out as well. I'm not sure what Don did. Um, much like, Just like me. Much like you, his staff. Uh, outshine. Outshine him and, 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 and give him props, uh, really, for them being awesome. Uh, he gets props just for being the boss. Well, so. shout-out to you, Don, because, you know, we're, we're birds of a feather. That, so. That's right. You and Chris have a lot in common. Your staff make you look very, very good. Um, so congratulations to Carrie and Steve. You guys are awesome. You guys did a lot of great work. And, um, you know, you took a situation that could have been bad with the probably with a warrant who absconded, turned it into a safe arrest, and hopefully we can get this person back in compliance and uh, back doing the right thing. Very cool. Very cool story. Congrats, Carrie and Steve. So I know uh, what's going on down the street at the legislature. Well, we got some updates from the, from the Capitol. So uh, a week or so ago, we had the, the House subcommittee uh, put out its budget uh, recommendation. And we did send out a, a release from, from our office to all uh, employees in the department. So hopefully everybody saw that. But just to go over very, very quickly, uh, the, the House subcommittee uh, budget recommendation did include funding for most of our key priorities that, that we were looking for, including returning food service back to uh, MDOC operations. Uh, it included funding for uh, corrections officers, training academies, and also increasing um, program opportunities at, at higher security uh, custody levels. So that's that's a really cool program that we really hope ends up in the final budget. But the academies too, I just want to make sure people know because I know that that's a, a hot topic around facilities, especially. You know, with the the current funding that we have uh, in the from the legislature the last time around, we're looking to hire more than 400 corrections officers before the end of the fiscal year. That's our expectation. The numbers we're going to hit. And then next year, if this funding level goes through, even though it was uh, twinged a little bit in the House version, we hope to hire another, hopefully, 700, roughly, officers uh, in the next fiscal year. So all that work is going on. I know the wardens and everybody are putting in you know, their requests and, and, and talking about we, we know where the vacancies are. We're working very hard to, to fill those. But I just want people to know that, that that's uh, definitely an ongoing effort. Also, though, obviously, it took you know the, the headlines was that the House version also called for an unnamed uh, facility closure uh, after the, the start of the fiscal year. So, again, we just want to remind people that that's just one step in the process. It doesn't mean necessarily that that's going to be in the final version uh, that the governor puts, uh, puts his uh, pen uh, on the paper to sign later this summer. So we'll just have to see. But we, we can say right now that we just don't have the capacity to close another facility at this time. We just closed the, obviously, the West Shoreline facility just a few weeks ago, and then we obviously closed Pugsley in 2016. But our numbers are continuing to project downward, and so that is eventually the goal. So with the legislature, we have the same goal. We just don't maybe necessarily have the same time, timeline uh, at this moment. Um, but we are still all working on that path, and all the hard work that all of our staff are doing, both on the, on the field side as well as in the prison, um, are having an impact on our, our downward projections for our prison population, and that's a good thing. Yeah, no, that's a real good thing. So it sounds like there's not huge surprises in, in, in the House's version of the budget, which is good. But, you know, some other good news, Chris, is you know what's coming up here in a couple of weeks, don't you, uh, on May 2nd? Uh, I think I have an idea, but I also just want to point out very quickly, go back just for sure. one second, is that by the time this podcast comes out, we will more than likely have seen the, the Senate recommendation for their budget. So we'll have to come back to you next week and tell you what's, uh, what's in store for that, but we'll also probably send out another email to all staff uh, in response to that budget so they, everybody in the department understands what our uh, position is uh, on that budget as well. Good stuff. Um, so back to May 2nd, Chris. That is, you know, that's the employee awards banquet, right? Uh, it is. That's it's also our warden's meeting. I thought maybe that's where you're going. I know you care so much about CFA. So. I, I, I do. How dare you? I, I, I do. I, I love the department. Come on. Um, but it's, it's the awards banquet, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fun time. People come, get awards where their family can see, their friends can see, their children can see. 
Um, it's just a great night. It's a great event, and it's coming up soon. But, and I know a special person is hosting it this year, right, Chris? Uh, I don't know about special. I know somebody is hosting it because somebody has to. And that's and that someone is you. Yeah, so are you going to give us any any hints or any any, any uh, clue into your mind of what you're going to do that night? Anything to tease the the, the banquet up a little bit? Well, I was. Uh, I was thinking about a dance routine. I was okay. looking about going maybe that direction. Okay, that'd be uh, fun. But you know, we'll have to see if my my old injuries uh, flare up. That might have to put <laughs> your that old, your old football injuries, <laughs> my old JV basketball injuries, <laughs> might flare up. Well, if you, if that. you're interested, you want to come see Chris do a, a dance routine. Um, you know, get signed up. You still can sign up for that night to come. Um, you know, cheer on your your fellow uh, coworkers and, and family members who may be nominated, or you just want to come hang out and. Uh, support you know the department corrections feel free to get signed up for that and i know i know deputy director marlon will be very excited to see uh, an awards event that's going to take several hours in which i don't win an award so that's true so that'll be very nice for him. i think 99 percent of people there will, will feel the same way actually yeah, absolutely. yes um so yeah get signed up if you can you can you can ask your um you know your, your supervisor your warden about how to do that um it's very easy uh come come support the mdoc that night listen to chris fall fly down his face when he hosts the the part the the awards banquet but i've heard that andrew and kamara have the crickets uh, sound yeah. effect going in the background just at the ready just <laughs> waiting to go in case that happens <laughs> your so jokes we'll fall flat <laughs> yeah. well more importantly we, we have a we have a really cool little mini little mini series here of um of scale and kind of some cool things going on fa as far as specialty courts go so today is part one of a, of a two-part series on uh the swift and sure sanctioning probation program so let's get to our interview with scale right now all right chris well you know i'm excited today to have on Thomas Myers from SCAO, the State Court Administrator's Office, because we're going to do a little mini-series here. And, you know, we've done mini-series in the past. We've actually done series in the past of the opioid epidemic going on across America. We did a series on uh, offender success where we had, um, you know, we actually had offenders come back and talk about some of the things that, that, that we were doing that worked. I guess two-part series, would we consider that, Chris, a mini-series? I think so. Okay. So, so we're going to talk about the Swift and Sure Sanctioning Program. Um, that is administered by SCAO. So we'll have um, on today, we'll have Thomas Myers on today from SCAO to talk about, um, you know, how this is, how this works from a, a much, you know, higher perspective, a, a 30,000 foot view. So I'd like to welcome Thomas on. Thomas, thanks for coming on Field Days. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So let's talk about who you are first. Um, I know you're a management analyst here. What does that mean and kind of what do you do for SCAO? So I'm on the State Court Administrative Office's Problem Solving Courts team. Uh, my responsibilities are overseeing the Swift and Sure Sanctions Probation Program. So I work with all of the uh, all of the programs at the circuit court level. I work with the Michigan Department of Corrections supervisors and probation agents within Swift and Sure. Uh, my other responsibilities here at SCAO are uh, working with certification of drug treatment courts, mental health courts, and veterans treatment courts. And I also oversee from our office the Ignition Interlock uh, Program as well. Okay. Um, so let's talk specifically about the SSSP program, which is a Swift and Search Sanctioning Probation Program. And, you know, I know a lot of our offices, we have 105 field offices across the state, and a lot of those offices have this program incorporated um, into their courts. So can you explain what the Swift and Sure program actually is? So the Swift and Sure Sanctions Probation Program is, when you put it at its most basic level, felony probation. It's MDOC felony probation. It's targeted for your higher risk felony offenders who are more likely to succeed on swift and sure probation than they are on regular felony probation. These are your higher risk folks. So right from day one in the program, there are clear rules that every probationer gets. And if a rule is broken, it results in an immediate and certain but relatively short jail sanction. So for example, a probationer misses his appointment with his MDOC probation officer 
Um, he's upfront about it. He doesn't lie about it. Uh, and he's sent to jail for two or three days right then and there. And that happens for every single violation of probation. Violation, two days jail. Violation, two days jail. Violation, two days jail. And eventually the hope is that probationers will kind of will kind of get it and they'll and they'll adjust their behavior and and be better off for it. Now, Judge Alm, Stephen Alm, the judge who started the Hope program in Hawaii back in 2004 and Swift Assure, Swift Insurance of course modeled after Hope. Uh, he's called this Parenting 101. Uh, there are clear rules and if a rule's broken, there's a consequence and the consequence is immediate. But just like good parenting, there's also a very caring, very supportive environment for that person uh, to succeed. Okay, and so I guess let's talk about that environment. Who, I know we have one of our agents um, involved in these caseloads, and we have the judge, um, obviously, but is there, is there any, other, any other entities that are involved um, with these cases to create that environment? Absolutely. So Swift Insure is made up of it. It's really a, a team approach. The judge and probation are two very, very important parts of the team. The other important parts of the team would be the attorneys, defense attorney, prosecutor, uh, the law enforcement, local law enforcement, and the jail as well. A lot of programs, too, at the county level have a case manager or coordinator who help administer the program locally. Okay. And, you know, you know Chris, I know we're going to talk to uh, a local office who has this program in their courts, and we'll talk to the judge, we'll talk to the, the, the coordinator, the, um, the case manager, and one of our agents in the next episode. So I'm excited to hear what they have to say about um, how this works from a local level. But, you know, Thomas, I want to I wanna ask you, like, you know, so how does Swift Insure look day to day? Um, you, you said it's different from a regular felony probation case. Uh, so what does this look like day to day from your perspective? So the only time the probationer sees the judge, the Swift Insure judge, is on day one in the program where the rules are just clearly explained to that probationer. And uh, for any probation violation hearings, if there is one. So if you look at a probationer in Swift and Sure, and they have no violations whatsoever, they're going to see the judge on day one when they get the rules, and at the very last day when they graduate from the program. If they have no violations, that's going to be it. If they have violations, they'll see the judge uh, during violations as well. Most Swift and Sure probationers are on uh, MDOC's maximum supervision track where, of course, there are at least two scheduled in-person contacts per month with the probation agent. Most probationers have random home uh, and employment checks, and some are also on tether. They also have frequent and random drug testing to keep them on track there. And substance use treatment and employment and education services um, are also available for probationers in Swift Insure. Okay, and so obviously you guys have initiated the grant for the Swift Insure program. How, how long have we been doing this? So about seven years ago, the Swift Insure statute was created, and then grant funding was made available for circuit courts that wanted to operate a Swift Insure program, about seven years. And I know Chris wants to get into you know, some, of the, some of the details of the stats and stuff, so I'll let him go ahead and ask you that stuff. Sure. I mean, so what kind of, I mean, what kind of stats can we, metrics, or do you use that we can look at to show that the program is working? So the big one, we had a... a a statewide evaluation of Swift Insure conducted a couple of years ago. It was, it was done by, uh, it was an independent evaluation done by the University of North Carolina, Wilmington. What that evaluation showed was that Swift Insure probationers are 36% less likely to reoffend compared to a comparison group of high risk probationers on regular felony probation. 
So swift and sure probationers, 36% less likely to reoffend. Not only that, the other big uh, outcome we've seen is that swift and sure probationers, they're getting jobs and em employment is really improving. If you look at the group of the program's graduates, when they're at day one in swift and sure, about 40% of them have a job. After all, a lot of these folks are high-risk felony offenders. Well, I think that's a great point to, 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 to hit on while you talk about that is we're talking about the higher-risk offenders in, in this program. So these are the offenders who, you know, something without this the type of program, they're more likely to go to prison, right? So we're, we're, we're focusing our resources towards those people, and we're seeing some – those are really good stats. I mean, that's, that's, some, that's really good stuff. Absolutely. So the, these, these high-risk offenders, day one in Swift and Sure, 40% of them have a job. When you take that same group of felony offenders, they go through Swift and Sure, and they're now at graduation, 85% of them have a job. So that just shows, I mean, these Swift and Sure probationers, they're finding employment, they're now becoming productive members of society. What do you, what do you attribute that to? Because I think some people who might not be familiar with the program and they hear about the sanctions, they might think, well, if we're sending them to jail for two days every time they mess up, they might lose their job. So I mean, well, how, do you, how, how do you account for all that? So judges throughout the state, if a probationer has a job and they get a sanction of two days, they will sanction the person around their work. So for example, if the person's working Monday to Friday, the sanction will be applied over the weekend. So the person can maintain that employment that's that great. is such an important piece. So I would assume that that's part of what was modeled uh, after the, the program in Hawaii. You said that started in 2004. When did it start here in Michigan? Swift and Sure started here in fiscal year 2012. Okay, and so how many how many courts or how many counties or well, whatever metric you use uh, utilize Swift and Sure now? So back in 2012, it was a four court pilot project. Um, it since then it's grown every single year. We're now in 25 of Michigan's circuit courts, covering 28 counties in the state. Um, and actually, for next year. Uh, two other circuit courts have let me know that they also want to start a Swift and Sure program. So this just continues to grow. So it, it is in quite a quite a few courts um, right now, which is which is great because obviously with those with those numbers, um, there we're having some success. And I want to talk about the success even more. I guess in your opinion, what uh, can you talk about the impact this program has on offender success? Obviously, we, we've seen the numbers, and we're diverting people from prison, which is great um, because we all know that once you know somebody gets to prison. It's harder to get employment. Their, their families are affected. Their kids are affected. Um, so if we can if we can keep these numbers going, um, what do you think the impact is? Do you, do you think it do you think it's attributed to um, the team environment? Do you, what, what do you what do you attribute the success to? There's a lot of factors in play there. The team is certainly a portion of it because a lot of these offenders have never had a supportive environment around them, an environment where there's a bunch of people that that want to see them succeed. Uh, so it's certainly the team around them is a critical part of it, uh, but also it comes down to each each offender, each each defendant. Um, the, we've always said that the program can't want it more than the probationer wants it. The probationer has to want it too. They have to have some motivator in their life uh, that really wants them to to change, to 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 grow, to improve, and uh, and the and the court is there to assist them to to get to that point. Well, and I guess one last question for you. Um, have you heard feedback from the judges? I mean, are, are they are they in favor of this program? Um, do they like the philosophy of the program? Do, do you have any feedback that you can you can share about um, what the judges are feeling about this? Absolutely. This the, the Swift and Sure judges. Every one of them just really loves the program. They they think it's very effective. 
it's it's not necessarily for those offenders who are who are addicted or have a substance use disorder, a diagnosed substance use disorder. It's for those who are not compliant in, in probation in general. And and judges find that this program uh, really helps those offenders the most. The ones that have a hard time on regular probation, they're higher risk, and and the the structure of Swift and Sure really gives them. Uh, the extra piece they need to get on the right track. So, for so, what's the process to to get into this program for courts who might be hearing about this, or maybe they hear this podcast, or they, they talk to their their other their fellow judges? What's the process to to do get into this? So, if a, if a new court, uh, if, if a program is interested in starting a new Swift and Sure program, it's pretty easy. They would complete a local administrative order. Um, also, they should put together a strong team, so comprised of the judge, an MDOC probation agent, attorneys, sheriff's office, the jail. Uh, and maybe a program coordinator at the local level. If, they're in, if the program's interested in getting grant funding, they could contact me directly. Grant applications, uh, you're here, it's good timing. Grant applications are open right now for fiscal year 19. The deadline to submit an application is June 1st uh, of this year, and that's for fiscal year 19 funding. Um, finally, a program that's interested can just come to, to the State Court Administrative Office um, and we are happy to help any way with training, technical assistance that goes for operational programs and new programs. Um, we just we love helping the, the the programs out. Well, Chris, it's good timing then because it's. Uh, it looks like we knew what we were doing. Yeah, Wait, we, do you, I like that. Are you, are you implying we don't know what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's cut that. Let's cut. Yeah, that. yeah, cut that out. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, though, it's great timing because yeah. this, this is going to come out at a good time. Then, so that if if you know if officers are hearing this and they don't have this program in the court, you know, go talk to your judge, go talk to your um, your court administrator, and and. and let them know of the success that this program has um, across the state, and you know it could benefit it could benefit their county. So, um, Thomas, I can't thank you enough for sharing kind of what Swift Insure Sanctioning Program is uh, from a statewide perspective, and you know this program is um, important. It's intentional. It's important, and it's helping people um, be successful. Clearly, by the numbers you you just provided. So, thank you for what you do. We appreciate it. Um, thanks for coming on Field Days. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right. As always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Field Days Podcast.